You're listening to Love Starts Here, a podcast for smart, successful women who are ready to finally have the love they want and deserve. Whether your relationship status is single, dating, or it's complicated, this podcast is exactly what you need to take your love and life to the next level. And now, here's your host, certified love and life coach, Melissa Snow. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Love Starts Here podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Snow, and today I am joined by my friend, my fellow coach, the pleasure priestess, Erin Berry Bliss. Erin is one of my favorite people. I just love anytime we get on Zoom together, we have to talk for like 20 minutes about all the random things before we can actually get to the point. We're going to be collaborating on some projects coming up. I have her coming live in the Facebook group this week to talk to you guys more about pleasure. She just has so much goodness to share. She is a love, pleasure, and relationship coach for women. She studied at the Tantric Institute of Integrated Sexuality, and she knows all the juicy things about pleasure. So I am excited to share this interview with you, and I hope that you will join us in the Facebook group on Thursday to hear more from Erin. Hi, Erin. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Melissa. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm so excited to talk to you today about all the pleasure things. So before we dive into the juicy stuff, tell everybody just a little bit about you and what you do. I'm a certified love sex relationship coach. And I like to consider myself a women's love and pleasure coach and the pleasure priestess because I'm here starting a pleasure revolution. And really what that means is I'm reminding everyone that pleasure is their birthright. I love that. Remember that we live a juicier life. As you said, that's my favorite word, juicy. (laughs) I think that's where I got it from. (laughs) Every time I see you, I think juicy. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. (laughs) It's working. No, I think it's good. So before we dive into the good stuff, let's talk a little bit about what pleasure is, because I think sometimes when people hear that word, they have an automatic association, right? Like some people think pleasure is all about sex. Some people think pleasure is all about chocolate. Some people think pleasure is all about sunshine. So what do you mean when you talk about pleasure? Pleasure is all of those things that you just mentioned. So it's really something that feels good in your system. So it's different than for you than it would be for anybody else, which is what I love about it. I also really believe that pleasure comes through the body. So it's an experience that you're having. Although you can think about things that are pleasurable, it's the actual lived experience that I think sets pleasure apart That totally makes sense. So if somebody is wondering, like listening to this podcast and thinking, I don't actually know what gives me pleasure. (laughs) What advice do you have for them? First, that's like, you have to be aware that you don't even know what brings you pleasure. And then the other part of that, I feel like is understanding that it's individualized. So something that brings me pleasure may not be the thing that brings you pleasure. And then it gets to be this really juicy exploration of what actually feels good. And it can be really small things and it can be really big things, but really pleasure is available to us in every moment. So it's starting to pay attention to what feels really good in my body and feels good in this moment instead of oh, this is hard. This feels yucky, which I think many of us have been trained to focus on 
or even knock ourselves out of pleasure because it's supposed to be hard. And if it feels good, we should feel guilty about it or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. And I think that body piece of it is particularly complicated, especially for a lot of my listeners who are really driven career women. They're very high up in corporate. They're very successful in their careers because I think they tend to be a lot more in their mind because Mm -hmm. that's usually how you have to be in order to excel in the business world and in your career. And I think sometimes like I talk to women a lot and I will say like, how does that emotion feel in your body? And they're like, I have no idea what that means. So I think that's an important piece of it too, is just starting to notice how your body actually feels completely. I mean, do you even know where your feet are right this moment? Can you feel (laughs) your heartbeat? You know, it, not even just pleasurable sensations, but are you actually feeling the sensations in your body? Because you're right. Our society in general walks around like a bunch of chopped off heads. And really we came here to live in this meat suit and to have the experiences through it, which means actually dropping down into it and starting to explore. And even in that with some of my clients, they're trying to think about their sensations, right. you know? So it really is a practice over and over if you are a very heady person, which most of us are. Yeah, for sure. And what's really interesting, I think, is once you, when you really start to grow your awareness of how things feel in your body and how your body feels at any given moment, for me, it's like, I didn't really set out to do anything with intuitive eating, but now all of a sudden I feel like I'm eating intuitively. Like I've made a lot of changes in my health and things recently, but I will literally hold something in my hand and notice that my body is like, Oh, please do not eat that. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. I was growing kombucha for a while and same experience. I walked to that corner of my kitchen and I felt my whole body just go, uh, uh, I was like, "Hmm, probably not the thing to be growing in my kitchen then. Yeah. It's really interesting how much our body will tell us if we are actually listening. Completely. Yeah. I talk about that a lot in my pleasure groups about consent Yeah, you know, and listening to your body's yeses, nos, and maybes, which was a concept that I was like, what? When I first heard it, because it's like, wow, if we really so, tune in, our body gives us all that information. A hundred percent. So can we dig into that piece a little bit? Cause that's I think an important part of this conversation for single women and women who are dating, because I think if we're just talking, I'm just in this moment talking about pleasure in terms of sex or Mm -hmm. acts related to listening to the yes, no's and maybes. I think Mm -hmm. it's very common for the women that I talk to, to either not even notice that the no is there right? It's like, they don't even take the option. The option isn't even on the table or to notice that the no is there or that the maybe is there, but then to override it because I want him to like me. I want a second date. Mm -hmm. I don't want him to think I'm a prude. I don't, you know, I'm worried about whatever thing. So can you talk to that a little bit? Absolutely. I mean, the first thing it brings up for me is self-acceptance. Like the more that we work to accept ourselves, the people we want to relate with will. And if they Mm -hmm. don't, that's a boundary violation and move on, you know, but I think the main thing that we're speaking to here is really like, yeah, you have to be keyed into your body because a lot of us have been told 
that if we're being chosen by someone that we need to go ahead and just do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And we do, I, I overrid my body a lot, you know, when I was younger and now it's like actually really feeling that and feeling deeply honoring myself by listening to it. And yeah, I mean, right now I'm doing sex education with my daughter and I'm teaching her the same thing that I feel like I'm teaching some 50 year old women right now around the same thing. Like your pleasure is actually just as important and it's a much more enjoyable experience when you feel like you're being honored too, instead of having someone bull over that, including yourself. Like even if you're just with yourself by yourself, you still have a yes and no and a maybe. Right. And it's learning to listen to that. Yeah. And I think the other important piece of consent is we've all heard, well, I think we've all heard the saying, like, you can't say yes, if you don't feel like you can say no. But I think it's important to note that that doesn't necessarily just mean like physically you, you are unable to say no, or you're afraid to say no. Right. It could also mean like, I don't feel like I can say no and still have you like me. I don't feel like I can say no. And still have this relationship go somewhere. And that counts when we're talking about consent too, right? Absolutely. What comes up for me when you talk about that is safety Mm -hmm. and all the levels of safety. And I don't think that we think about that very often, especially when we're dating, but do you feel physically, emotionally, spiritually safe? You know, there's lots of different levels to it. And do you really want someone that doesn't make you feel safe? on any of those levels? And do you really want to be with someone who doesn't want to be with you unless you say yes? Like that's, right. that's not an, that's not honoring you. And then that's ultimately not honoring yourself. And then that causes a whole bunch of issues down the line. If right. you were to end up in relationship with that person. Yeah. Yeah. And I think part of that is being able to override the caveman part of our brain that says, if we're not accepted, if we do get rejected, if we're not part of the tribe and the group, then we're going to starve and die. (laughs) Right. Right. Like that part of us is still in there, which is why I think so often it's relatively easy or at least unconscious for us to override the things that we're thinking and the things that we're feeling in order to be accepted or wanted or, you know, without even really questioning, is this someone I even want to want me? (laughs) Right. Are you going back to, oh, I'm being chosen. Yeah. Better show up in this certain way. And this circles all the way back around to feeling into your body, to being attuned to your own nervous system, to realizing that you can cultivate safety for yourself, because ultimately, if not, it will constantly feel that way in relationship or in all areas of life. Yeah. So how do we begin to cultivate that safety, especially for women who are single or dating? I think the first step is to realize that you can cultivate inner safety. I think so many of us aren't even aware that, oh, wait a minute, we can make ourselves safe. And so many of us have experienced deep traumas and stress, not even deep traumas, like little T traumas as well, that now we're responding from that place in our nervous system. And so it's really, again, you've got to get in your body. Like that is the number one thing to start to really hone in to notice when you're feeling uncomfortable, because a lot of times what we do is the moment we feel uncomfortable, we do something to numb it or we ignore it or bypass it or whatever it is. And to start to really attune to what's going on with us 
to take a moment to check in, to make sure that we're feeling safe for ourselves. And if not, what can we do to actually create that safety? Walk away from the situation, set the boundary, get help, relax, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. And to remember that ultimately you are the one that has the control. My group program, it's called date. Like you mean it. And the women are just now starting to get out onto the apps and like send messages to people. And they're so adorable, but they're so freaked out about it. And I told him like five times at the end of our call on Monday, I just said over and over again, don't forget that you are the one who's in control at any moment, you know, because they freak out about these worst case scenarios. And what if somebody messages me that I don't want to talk to? And what if he wants to go out with me, but I don't want to go out with him. And I'm like, don't forget that you're the one in control. (laughs) Totally. I love that advice because I'm thinking back to when I was dating and it was like, I would have these long drawn out conversations with people sometimes like trying to get them to see why this wasn't going to work or whatever it was, instead of just being like, no, And you know what? It's actually really freeing and you save yourself so much time. I just did a newsletter about valuing yourself and about feeling worthy enough. Time is a huge one and dating sites can be a huge time suck. So it's like really honoring like that your time is valuable and putting it where you want to put it. Yeah. Yeah. And is it really worth the energy that you're spending to send this long three paragraph response to the guy that sent you a picture of something you didn't want to see a picture of? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because I guarantee you (laughs) he's not reading your three paragraphs. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Yeah. He did what he wanted to do and didn't get the response he thought he did. You know, right. Right. And there is no man on earth sending dick pics and then getting your three paragraph response and being like, oh, I never thought of it that way. I think I won't send these pictures anymore. Right. (laughs) But thank you for trying. (laughs) Right. That's awesome. So, In a lot of ways, what you're talking about, I think relates to pleasure as being a form of empowerment, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially when it comes to dating, it's like actually using and harnessing your pleasure. Number one, to show up as the radiant being that you are, but there's also this idea that we're supposed to give away our pleasure to other people or that our pleasure isn't for us. Like this is something we've been conditioned as a society, as women to believe that's a load of crap. And when we step into a situation where we're trying to relate with someone else and we're owning our pleasure, then it's for us to have and for us to actually ooze, you know, with juiciness and let that be what attracts people instead of feeling like, I'm walking into the situation feeling sexually depleted and now I'm going to hook up and regret it later. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So in a lot of ways too, I think that pleasure is a form of self-care. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes. I, I mean, I believe that pleasure is the ultimate form of self-care because it's doing something really good for yourself. And it's also a time of figuring out what feels really good to you. And again, this isn't just necessarily sexual, but definitely this includes that for sure. 
but it's, you know, really starting to figure out what lights you up. So just like happiness is an inside job, like pleasure ultimately starts as an inside job. I always find it interesting when someone will tell me, well, I don't know if I should focus on myself because I feel like it takes away from my partner, but it actually works the opposite because the more that you take that time and sacred space to explore you, the more you can ask for what you need because you understand what you need more and you're not going to put up with stuff that's out of alignment with that as well. So if you get yourself into a situation where you decide to get intimate with someone and they're not honoring those needs or interested in what you desire, that's information. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of that goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning. If you're somebody who doesn't really know what brings you pleasure is that a lot of that journey is just about trying things. I mean, I feel like for me, I spent a year having no contact with any men except my dad. I didn't date them. I didn't flirt with them. I didn't text them, nothing. And Mm. during that time, part of what was really important to me was discovering who I was without a man. And part of how I did that was just like trying things that I'd never done before and deciding if I liked them or not. Like maybe I like to cook. Nope, definitely don't. (laughs) Right. Or maybe I'm an artist. Okay. Well, I like it, but I'm not great at it, but it gives me pleasure. So I guess I'll keep doing it. And even just like little things, like every time you talk about pleasure, I think about walking in the grass and bare feet. So Mm -hmm. it could be something even as simple and as small as that, that you're noticing like, wow, this is actually very pleasurable to me. Oh, completely. I mean, coffee is my number one pleasure. I think you heard me speak about that as like coffee in the bath, coffee in bed, coffee in a hot springs, coffee on my outdoor patio. And then also it's not just the coffee, but it's actually taking a moment to like really enjoy it. So I always make sure that when I have my first sip, I stop and I pause and I feel the warmth of the cup. And then I smell it before I even taste it, you know, and then savoring that taste. I mean, we can make the simplest things so pleasurable. Yeah, it definitely does not have to be huge things. And it is this exploration because along the lines of self-care, one of the things I always talk about is you can't should all over it. I mean, no, I have should all over my self-care practices before I've taken like mm-hmm. the yoga class I thought I should go take. And it was like the exact opposite of what I needed, which was a nap, Right, you know? So it's, it's not what you think you should be doing to find pleasure, but actually like paying attention to what does bring you pleasure and allowing yourself to live from that space in every single moment, because then that goes back to, you get to show up as like the lit up radiant queen that you are in every situation then. Right. So in that sense, it really contributes to your confidence as well, right? Hugely. Yeah. Because You've taken the time to actually figure out what you desire and what feels good in your body. It always cracks me up when I talk to people in my group who, and that's mostly around self-pleasure where they think they're not good at it. Well, there's not like a right or a wrong way to do it. Like you're saying it is an exploration and everyone has like different buttons that work and different turn-ons and different turn-offs. And it's actually giving yourself that space and time to explore it and making it sacred. I mentioned that before, but when I was going through my big certification, I had this awareness at some point that I was like, you know, 
I love doing ritual type things and lighting candles and making things feel very sacred. Why wouldn't I do the same? Like I would even do that with a partner. Why don't I do that for myself? I mean, it is just, you can make it such a self-loving experience. And every single time I've done that, I've left going, wow, that was really, I felt really, that was nice. I felt like I did something nice for myself, you know? Yeah, totally. We talked about that in, um, I have a book club for single women and the last book we read, she talked about making space in your life for a relationship before you even have one. And so a lot of the women got into the practice of having date nights every Friday with themselves. And at some point they will date someone else on their date nights. But for right now, they're doing everything that they would be doing with a partner or that they would want a partner to do for them, but they're just doing it with themselves and they all are in love with it. (laughs) I love that no matter relationship status. Yeah. I feel like I'm constantly making sure that I'm carving out some sort of time for myself because it just gives you that space to, that you need to figure out what's going on with yourself, gives you separate space from whoever you're interacting with. And it does just feel really good. Yeah. Yeah. And time to check in with yourself because I would imagine pleasure and the things that feel pleasurable to you can change over time, right? Oh, completely. Yeah. I speak to that a lot. We've got our sexual seasons. So we actually move through the seasons just like earth does and not necessarily in sync with earth. And we live in a society where we are obsessed with summer, which would be sexual, like a sexual peak. Mm-hmm. And most of us, or, or we get stuck in winter, you know, where we don't even know how to get the juices flowing again. And it's actually, if we don't honor those seasons, that's when we tend to get blocked and stuck, but also things change. Hormones change. Our situations change, you know, as we get older, if we're running businesses or we've got kids or whatever it is, it affects how we're able to show up in the bedroom for ourselves and for whoever we're relating with. Yeah. A hundred percent. So do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up for anybody who is listening to this podcast, who is single or dating, or maybe in the beginnings of a relationship and they want to make progress in cultivating their relationship with pleasure? You know, it's the same advice I would give around self-love and self-care, which is really that we have this idea that if we're taking any time for ourselves, that it makes us selfish in some way, or it takes away from whoever we're relating with, but really taking that time actually allows you to show up as more yourself, as a more like sovereign, radiant being. So the best thing you can do, no matter your relationship status is to make time to explore pleasure just for yourself and just for pleasure's sake. It actually has the opposite effect. A lot of people think it does, which is basically like, instead of, oh, I'm going to take away from whatever my partner feels he's doing right, or she's doing right. It's like, no, you get to empower yourself to ask for what you desire and what you need. And they love that because then it takes the guesswork away from them. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. And if you need ideas for where to find pleasure or how to find your pleasure, Aaron's Facebook group is a great place for that. So I will link that up in the show notes. Plus you're coming in the Love Starts Here Facebook group on Thursday, right? 
Yes. Yeah. So I'll speak a little bit more to pleasure as power. Just go a little bit deeper around what we've touched on today. Awesome. So if you want to know more about that, definitely join the Facebook group. I will link both of our Facebook groups up in the show notes and you can find more information about Aaron there. Thank you so much, Aaron. Thank you. This was fun. Thanks for listening to the Love Starts Here podcast. For more tips, tools, love and support, be sure to join the Love Starts Here Facebook group. To learn more about how you can work one-on-one with Melissa to take your love and life to the next level, visit www.lovestartsherecoach.com.